We return to our public scripture reading, Psalm 39, and reminding ourselves of what this psalm is about overall. Psalm 39 is concerned with the brevity of life. It is a psalm that forces us to think about how short and fragile life really is, but not without seeing that in all things our hope is in the Lord, in whose hand our time is fixed. In verses 7 through 11, we come to the turning point of the psalm. And specifically in verse 7, where David says, And now, O Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. My hope is in you. Despite how fleeting life is and how meaningless it can, it can seem because of its brevity, its shortness, yet it is the Lord alone who gives true meaning to life itself. Nothing else can explain life but the Lord. Why is that? Because He's the Creator and He is the giver of life life. And so David says with great assurance in verse 7, my hope is in the Lord. But the way David expresses this hope in the Lord is by way of a paradox. On the one hand, David expresses what really sounds like a complaint why does God bother to discipline his people since we're all such insubstantial creatures? This is the essence. This is the implication of verse 11. When you discipline a man with rebukes for sin, you consume like a moth what is dear to him. Surely all mankind is a mere breath. Lord, why waste your time? Why waste your time with us like this? What David says here is really an echo of what Job brought before the Lord in Job chapter 7, 17 through 21. In fact, turn there, if you would, Job chapter 7, and reading verses 17 through 21. What Job expresses here to the Lord is a perfect parallel of what David is saying here to the Lord in Psalm 39. Job says, beginning in verse 17 in Job chapter 7, What is man that you make so much of him? And that you set your heart on him. Visit him every morning and test him every moment. How long will you, will you not look away from me nor leave me alone till I swallow my spit? If I sin, what do I, what do, I do to you, you watcher of mankind? Why have you made 
me your mark. Why have I become a burden to you? Why do you not pardon my transgression and take away my iniquity? For now I shall lie in the earth. You will seek me, but I shall not be. Job was having a bad day. As was David in Psalm 39. David is overwhelmed here with the fragility of life. In fact, if you back up to verse 4 here in Psalm 39, he says, O Lord, make me know my end and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made my days a few hand breaths, and my lifetime is as nothing before you. That sounds just like what we read in Job. My lifetime is nothing. Nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. Surely a man goes about as a shadow. Surely for nothing they are in turmoil. Man heaps up wealth and does not know who will gather. You can also hear there Solomon in Ecclesiastes at the very beginning. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What a waste of time this is. It's life. And everything we're doing in this life. What is the big deal? And Lord, why would you even care? Why would you even care? That's the spirit of this complaint. Now maybe we're more spiritual than David and Job. And we would never, you know, dare express such things to God. But I don't think we're that sanctimonious. I'm sure we've had moments like this. Why? Why, Lord? So, why does God bother to discipline his people since we're all such insubstantial creatures? That's, on the one hand, what we see here. But on the other hand, on the other hand, while our life is a mere breath, yet we are so much more than a passing shadow. We are so much more than a passing shadow. God made us for eternity because he made us for himself, which is the point behind the Lord's rebukes and discipline. Hebrews 12 and verse 10 which is part of a much larger section in the book of Hebrews there in the 12th chapter concerning what's the whole point of the Lord disciplining his children. Why the chastening? Well, listen to what the writer to the Hebrews says. Hebrews 12 verse 10, God disciplines us for our good. That, okay, here's a purpose clause, that we may share his holiness. So, what then is that saying to us as God's people? It's saying that, you know what, you do matter. And what you do matters because our life matters to God. It matters to God since he has called us to himself. 
and has redeemed us by the life and death and resurrection of Christ Jesus our Lord, His Son. And this is why we can say with David, who is our brother in the Lord, and now, O Lord, for what do I wait? In the midst of this turmoil, in the midst of this suffering, in the midst of this adversity, in the midst of what really seems on the surface as pointless, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. My hope is in you. Even though as God's people, we will experience trials like this, like what David is expressing. Trials that come from our own transgressions, and hence David prays, deliver me from all my transgressions. Trials that come by way of the Lord chastening us due to our transgressions. Thus David says in verse 10, remove your stroke from me. Indeed, he says, I am spent. I am spent by the hostility of your hand. Have you ever said that to the Lord? Have you ever expressed that to him? I am spent by the hostility of your hand. Lord, please, enough. I can't take it anymore. Your discipline. But no matter how hard God may be chastening us, it is never pointless. It is it is never useless. It is always for our good. Always for our good. And regardless, regardless of how we may not be able to see, well, what good is really coming from this Lord? Yet because we know who the Lord is, He is good. And so everything that proceeds from Him in His works of providence to us is always good because of who He is. That's what we fall back on. That's where our sanity is. That's where our solace is. And that's why David said, My hope is in you. So these trials and these tribulations and all this chastening, no matter how hard it may be, I will not despair. I will not despair. An unbeliever will despair. An unbeliever will know nothing of the Lord and hope in Him. They will always despair, but not a true child of God. Not a true child of God. And so therefore with David, again, we say, 
For what do I wait, O Lord? My hope is in you. And brothers and sisters, that is the encouragement that God always leaves his people with. Hope. Real hope. Real certainty. Because it's fixed in him. The Lord who changes not. That is our hope. Let's pray. Our blessed Lord, eternal God, Holy Father, we reaffirm this morning in response to your word and by your grace imitating the faith that we see in your servant David. That despite all that we may suffer, our hope rests in you, our great Lord in God, and in you alone. Father, we thank you for a portion of your infallible word like Psalm 39 that helps to remind us of the fragility and the shortness, the brevity, the, the fleeting nature of life in this world, our earthly life. And how that we would be so foolish, even as your people, to to try to find the meaning of our very existence in this fallen, passing world. Lord, let us not be so foolish. But we pray, renew our minds this morning according to the truth of your word that we have read in Psalm 39. And we ask, let our hope be renewed and revived in you, our great eternal God. We thank you, Father, that as we have heard in these last few moments, when you discipline us, when we suffer under your chastening hand, it is always for our good. And it is always to the great eternal end that we would share in your holiness and so, Father, we thank you. We thank you for the lifelong process of sanctification and everything that that involves in our lives as your people. Being shaped and conformed to the perfect image of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, we know it's not something, Heavenly Father, that in this world, on this side of glory, that we will just coast with ease into but instead, as your word reminds us, it is through many tribulations that we enter the kingdom of God. Let us not forget these things. And yet, Lord, let us not lose sight 
that even in such hardship, there is always hope because there is always you. You are our hope. And so we cast all our cares, even now, even at this very moment, for all of us, Lord, have come into this sanctuary with great burdens. There are trials and tribulations that all of us, at some level, are experiencing, tasting. And so we thank you for this word of truth, reminding us, Lord, that everything in our life has meaning and purpose because it is what you have purposed. It is what you have ordained. And for us as your people in Christ, it is truly to make us more into the image of your Son so that we will be perfected in glory for eternity. We trust in you, blessed Father, to remember these truths, to recall them to our minds. We pray, therefore, the Holy Spirit to seal them to our hearts. These things we earnestly and most humbly ask in the name of Christ Jesus our Lord. For his sake. Amen.